Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey everyone, if you haven't heard, now you have. The Coach Fury Podcast is back. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, a couple of changes that are going on in the show is the big one is this show is going to be around an hour-ish or less, and they're going to have a talking point, a uh, specific talking point. It will still ramble a little bit, but it's not going to be quite as free flow as the last one. And I love those last episodes, but uh, I wanted to provide action steps because having gone through what I've just gone through, action steps are, are greatly appreciated, and sometimes you might find some inspiration or at least a little bit of relief. And that's going to bring us actually to this episode. So episode 87 is Rob Aguero Hoffman, the owner of Lift Positive Fitness. Rob opened his facility. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a bit longer uh, before we opened Fury Industries here, but it was actually only about five months earlier. And he's somebody that I called out to when I was literally in the midst of like a three-week, two-month-long panic attack. And we talked about fear and, and how common it is, but... I think we talk about it, but maybe not to the level that you're going to feel that amongst your friends. So I just really thought this was an important conversation, no matter what field you're in, no matter what you're doing. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with Rob and how we're both sort of rising out of that uh, together. But it doesn't mean it's gone. Like fear isn't necessarily a negative thing. It's uh, learning how to cope with it, though. You have to kind of manage that. So check this episode out. If you want to support this podcast, visit patreon.com slash podcast, and you can become a patron and make a small financial donation. Look, even a dollar goes a long way to help buy some gear. If you can hear the booming in this room uh, at Fury Industries, it's all hard surfaces. So I actually want to get something that uh, will help muffle that a little bit. And uh, thanks to my current patrons, guys. I really appreciate it, especially since I haven't been delivering on a show for a while. And also, if you want to see what's going on in the world of Fury Industries or Coach Fury, visit fury-industries.com. Yeah, that is a domain change now that we're the official studio uh, here. So fury-industries.com. Most of the courses at this point in the States are sold out. That's not a bragging. That's just I'm not going to promote stuff. Um, Then we're heading over to Asia. But 2020 is starting to happen. If you're interested in hosting something, let me know. Uh, I will say that I'm probably going to be diminishing how many workshops I do a year so that I could focus more at this place and the Fury crew and my family. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening. Um, I'm so glad you're out there. Uh, finally, if you can, subscribe, drop a five-star rating. Those go a long way, and I know the, the guests kind of get stoked when they see that they, uh, you know, they're being heard. And without further ado, I'm shutting up now uh, until you listen to me speak with Rob Aguero Hoffman, the donor of Lift Positive Fitness. Hey everybody, welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. I've got my buddy Rob Aguero Hoffman. Did I say that you right? Put the sex- yeah, you put I a lot of sexy on it. We were talking about adding the sex scene. I fucking just did it. You I did, just, man. I like it. I'm used to with the pot with our with our artist, Glenn Urieta. I put some sexy on his name and he was appreciative. So I, I felt like I could share the love on that. I appreciate that as well, too. Thank you you very much, man. I'm feeling sexy now. It's a beautiful morning. The sun is shining in your backyard. The sun is baking me uh, from the speakeasy strength front window. I'm I'm now, I've been on the fence about getting curtains, and I will be getting curtains. Uh, (laughs) Folks, I'm I'm really grateful to have Rob on. Rob was actually supposed to come on a while ago before the podcast inadvertently went on a freeze. And if you listen to the previous episode with Todd Bumgarner, the reason the freeze happened is because I fucking went out and opened a studio, like a brick and mortar exterior 
from the apartment, not the dance studio. Like I'm now a, a facility owner, a studio owner. Um, I literally folks four blocks down, down the street from me. So I live at 586 Third Avenue. That is the former address of the Speakeasy of Strength. And now I'm at 516. So 70 door stops down. Um, I now, you've heard me talk about wanting to be the best neighborhood uh, studio. We're the neighborhood studio. I'm literally looking across the street as two of our members, uh, Fury Crew members, Kat and Marco, are packing up to go. Like we are in the hood, uh, in the neighborhood. It's not a hood. It's not That's a hood. so cool. So the, the, the thing that happened that I didn't expect, so I had the sudden, I, I came upon this space. It's so close to home. It's directly four blocks down across the street from the dance studio that we had started moving into that I plan to be at for a couple of years. And we were having some scheduling issues that I knew were going to be potentially deadly um, at the dance studio. And it's not their fault at all. They were amazing. It's, it's just like me protecting my business. And the rent at this spot ended up being so much lower than I expected that I jumped on it. And I jumped on it super quickly. I think I had logic behind the decision, but it was very fast. And my wife was in China and I was talking with her while, we, you know, like we, there was just so much going on. And within three days I had signed the lease. Um, I barely had a lawyer look at the lease before it was signed. It all happened so fast in my head. I'm like, it's a thousand square feet. It's street level. It's got a window. Um, all I need to do is paint and bring and change out the lights and bring the gear in. And it's not going to disrupt my current Fury Crew membership at all. Cause it's literally down. It's, it's on the same block. So I was so excited. And then about four days into this process, I stopped sleeping and ended up in a perpetual three to four week panic attack. And I'm not saying that lightly, like literally I was having probably on the edge of a nervous breakdown and my folks, my wife, a lot of people were super supportive of, you know, like, dude, it's going to be fine. But I'm like, my folks lent me some money and, and folks, uh, listen, we opened up super cheap. Like I, I, maybe at some point I'll go more directly into numbers. I don't think I did it with Todd, but like super cheap we opened up and the numbers that we did open up with included security deposit of two months rent, a broker fee and first month's rent. So like even like that number alone in Brooklyn was like probably two thirds of my budget. Um, but I could not break this wave of panic and I called Rob because Rob had recently opened up a studio and I know he went through some stuff and was probably, you know, legitimately, I think you were like six months ahead of me, Rob. I'll let you talk about this in a moment, but yeah, folks, after that chat with Rob, I, I started to finally realize that I wasn't crazy and uh, I had the first good night's sleep in a while. Now the panic came back. It wasn't like, boom, um, I did have to seek some, uh, some professional help, but it was, uh, I think it's important that everybody realizes it because you know that it's scary. Like when you sign up for a new business or you go on a venture, you know, it's going to be scary. You know, it's a big fucking risk and you know that like it might not work uh, and you know, you're going to work your ass off and you know, there's going to be highs and lows, but like when you're living in it and you're literally like, I have now made the jump to pursue this and this is the end game of all of this, right? Like we're in fucking Avengers and we're about to go into the quantum realm and we got like one shot of the pin particles. Um, I felt like I was taking that shot. And I, I, I was like, this all happened so fast. Maybe I fucked up. So Rob, tell us a little bit about opening up your studio and, and sort of like the emotional, like I guess for, we can start this with just talking less about the nuts and bolts of like business models and stuff like that. But like mm -hmm. dealing with the emotional excitement and then you know i think we both shared like that level of fear of, of actually 
not just taking the step, but being within the path on the thing now, right? Like you didn't just have yeah. the scariness of the first step. Now you're fucking walking to Mordor and you're seeing everything yeah. happening. So if you could tell the listeners a little bit about that, because I, I found it, folks, like I can't stress yeah, absolutely. the impact that had on me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know for, you know, I'll speak for myself and, I, and hopefully that helps other people. Um, I definitely thought, you know, when I, when we were on the process of opening it, that it, this, this fear thing we were talking about here, um, being afraid to, to fail or, or whatever, uh, and what would happen. Um, I thought that that would kind of, you know, alleviate itself after the doors opened, which was not the case at all. Um, you know, I still find myself having those moments of being like, holy shit, what did I do? You know, and then other moments of like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm living my dream here, you know? And I think you constantly are on this sort of emotional roller coaster with that. Um, I've, I've been really lucky to have a lot of support as well too. So I, you know, whenever I get a chance to talk to somebody else, you know, who I can give them any insight into what I've been, I went through, you know, maybe just a couple of months before them, I'm really happy to do so. Um, for me, like, you know, I, it was the same thing. I, um, so I, I had a little bit more of a leeway between when I signed the lease and when we opened. Um, I had the build out when, when I signed my lease and agreed to the terms of my space, uh, the build out was supposed to take about two months. And so I had scheduled to leave my job with my, uh, my old boss, which was also, I should say, in a completely other neighborhood. So Steve did the smart thing and, you know, stayed within like the area that he had clients already. Mm -hmm. I decided that I wanted to open my gym closer to where I live, but had been working in downtown Boston about 40 minutes away for the last almost 15 years. So I had no clients up in the North shore, maybe one or two, uh, the North shore of Boston, which is where my gym is now. And I had to start that from scratch. And in my head, I thought, okay, if I build it, they'll come. Um, and the closer I got to, to that, that date of opening, the more I realized that is not the case at all. That's a stupid idea, you know? So I had to kind of hustle a little bit more. Um, Can I break in there real quick? Do you think it's that yeah. build it? Because I think this is an important part. I think this is a little bit where I succeeded. And it's interesting you mentioned wanting yeah. to get closer to home because Todd and I really, the, the previous episode is about the steps to structure the life we want to do it, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think... I think somebody might be like, oh, that seems like a crazy business decision. But sometimes you have to run the risk of, okay, so you open a gym 40 minutes from home. Now for the rest of your life, potentially, you're having to commute that versus, yeah, you know, making the decision. So I commend you on that because that is a big thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, there is a loss of income at first when you do that because you are yeah. rebuilding. And then the other thing that um, is, 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 I think, important is, do you think it's, if you build it, they will come or won't come, or do you think that we generally all expect it to happen quicker? Because I think I've been noticing, you, you know, you mentioned in my, you know, moving here and being closer to my crew, I can see now that that crew started forming almost nine years ago when I did my first boot camp. Like there are still relationships from that, not necessarily active clients, but now people know of me and my history in Brooklyn from nine years ago, from 2010 or 2011, eight years ago. Um, and then the, you know, the, the first local gym thing that I did, and then there was obviously personal training happening here and then the living room stuff and then the dance studio stuff. But do you think it's that, it's that they won't come or do you think it's just sometimes when we open doors on a business, A, we think it's gonna happen much quicker and B, we're not prepared for when it doesn't? That's a good question uh, or a good point. I think, so I'll touch on both things. One, um, opening so I should say from a business perspective of like you know where are your clients um 
opening your gym somewhere where your clients or your client base isn't from a business perspective, doesn't seem like a smart business move. However, it was a completely necessary move. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to make a commute 40 minutes into the city every day for a business that I was going to own that I was going to be at at least six days a week to start, you know, and then eventually hopefully scale back from, I wanted also to feel like, you know, I'm part of the community that I serve. That's always been a big piece of the puzzle. So it was, like I said, it was a completely necessary thing. Um, but it made it that much scary. because, like I said, I didn't have any of this market, uh, you know, any kind of market impact. Right. Um, I think there was a little bit of me thinking to myself, all right, well, I did my, my, my market research. There really isn't any gym like me in the area. So that in and of itself and getting a couple really good Google reviews should all of a sudden make it so that anybody who searches for me, they're going to find lift positive fitness right away. And business will be booming in about three months, you know? And I think, you know, that kind of touches on the second thing, which is so much that if you build it, they'll come. But I do think that there's, um, there was a part of me that thought it would happen a lot faster than it did. And, you know, I opened up in January, which, you know, in my head was like perfect time. You know what I mean? This is, you know, this is the busy time for but January for of this fitness. year or last year, uh, January of this year, dude, we, yeah. I didn't realize we were that close that it was only five. Yeah. Months. Yeah. Holy shit. I thought you yeah, were. Yeah. Yeah. So January 1st official open date, we did like a soft open the week before between Christmas and, and, um, and, and uh, new year's to do like a little like charity boot camp. Cause that's part of like our gym's kind of mission is we do a lot of like community service stuff outside of it, just things to like, you know, help out in any way. Um, but yeah, so I guess in my head, I thought, okay, well, January, you know, great time to open a business. People are into fitness, you know, and everything like that. But in reality, you know, obviously with personal training, we typically get busier in February and March because people sign up at a normal gym and then they go, okay, shit, I need some help, you know, or whatever. And January can be a great time if you're already an established business. If you're not an established business um, with very little, you know, marketing or so to speak, you know what I mean, in your area, um, it's slow start, you know, it's a slug. And so that was, that's sort of where I was at. Again, like I said, I thought I would be a little, I thought I'd be moving a little bit further ahead. And I also think that the other part is, and this is the case with, you know, anything in the fitness industry, if you, if you're opening, we're probably in any business, right? If you're opening a business um, and you know other people who have done it before in the past, um, especially peers of yours that have done it and, and been really successful really fast, even though it's not the norm, I think that you start to think of it, or at least I did. I, start to th I started to think of it as being the norm. So a good friend of mine opened a gym, um, you know, and within three months, he was turning a profit on it, and the place was blowing up, and he, he really knew his market. Um, the things I didn't think about were, okay, he was working at a gym next door, you know, to where he opened, right in the area. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty big name in the fitness industry, you know, um, within his niche like market um you know and then like he had a great great business model and he knew exactly who his target clientele is and that's not to say that it, that it's that i didn't or anything but i think all those things happen a little bit with a, with a good amount of luck you know and all of a sudden you go okay that's the norm that's what i should be doing which wasn't the case and when that didn't happen within the first three months you know i had wave two of those panic attacks like you're talking about as well you know where it's like what the hell you know i thought this was going to be you know, going great. Now I'm just watching myself like sit here for eight hours trying to come up with ways to market and, you know, and training maybe two or three people a day. Like what's going on, you know? 
Um, that's the hardest part. It, it's um, someone asked me, so, you know, we're, we're, we're fortunate again. We, we did even more so than I thought. We, we came in, we were growing at the dance studio. So it was like we, we were able to ride in a little bit of a wave, a small wave, folks. Like, again, um, but probably similar numbers-wise, membership-wise. I would imagine Rob's not far off from me. Um, is, you know, when you have, like, 10 members or 12 members regular, when you get three more, it's like a big impact, right? So that's like huge impact, yeah. A quarter, you know, 25% increase. So, you know, we were riding this little wave and for me, it was able to be like, okay, this is what I'm spending renting space from the dance studio versus what I think my overhead's gonna be in the studio. And I, you know, I, I mentioned this a little bit on the epitaph, but like, I literally was just like, oh, it's just a space I rent it and I'll start using my federal ID number that I've had forever. And, but then you learn about rules like, you know, we have an air conditioner over the door, that water can't touch the street. So I need to create a pipe that puts that into a bucket that I have to empty out twice a day. Um, you know, we heard about, you know, you, you start to learn about um, trash, uh, waste removal stuff. And we're so small, we don't really have any of that. So I'm like, okay. And then you start finding out how certain services are just shitty across the board. And do you run the risk of a fine versus you know, paying for somebody just to have a, a you know, a sticker or, or a flyer somewhere posted, you know, a notice posted in your facility. There's, there's this weird juggle that happens. So I didn't plan on mm -hmm. any of that. And I think yeah. that was part of it is what are the rules you have to follow? What are the rules you, you, you won't or don't need to, or the risk assessment? And then what are the rules you can't? And I don't think a lot of people talk about that. It's like, there's just certain things like, um, I can't do. I'm literally not going to get into specifics on some of this, folks, because like I don't want somebody to read this and be like, huh. But like there's things that are deal breakers, like that'll never happen. And I yeah. think part of the boldness comes there was no real build out here per se. Like literally we painted, um, swapped out some lights, put a little bit of like really cheap flooring down um in a dressing room. Um, but we're still working on the wood floors. Like everything sort of phases. But I think that's like a hard part. And I do think it's like, we're in a weird position where we have a lot of friends that own facilities um, through Strength Faction. And you know, like I've, you know, you go to workshops, you meet gym owners. I know I've been fortunate. I've, I've traveled and taught in a lot of workshops um, at different facilities and you see what you like and what doesn't like, and you see the business models and you see the layouts and you, you get the sense of successor, you know, struggle. Uh, but it's through Strength Faction, I think uh, that, that you meet, like you and I met that yes. folks this this podcast is going to seem like the next bunch of these are probably going to sound very much like sign up for strength faction now but like i'm not gonna <laughs> lie this place is largely in running this is happening because of strength faction yeah mark fisher fitness um yeah. family, obviously in the fury crew but uh i think when you hear of the people that struggle or fail they're monumental where you just see people that and you, you just part of you might even assume like oh man they must be just doing something wrong and then when the people that like, and then you see people that succeed and you're like, they're doing it so right. And a lot of it is like that business model was up front where, you know, they had the clients already out the gate. So there was no, you know, aside from initial build out costs or starting costs, there's no, there's no loss. Um, proximity is a huge one, but I do think you did a great thing. I think that is a risk worth, oh, yeah. worth taking. Cause now as your facility, as lift positive continues to grow, like you get your fucking home and serving yeah. your community. Is so weird. Like folks, like, like I live four blocks down. I say hi to all the business owners. Now, like I said, I'm literally seeing my neighbors that are Fury crew members packing up for their Labor Day weekend. And actually they'd be laughing if they did this struggling, how to fit everything in the car. 
Um, <laughs> happening, like right outside my window right now. And we're very much like on a neighborhood thing. Like we have a, 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 a big Latino neighborhood here and all the locals that have been here for like 20, 30 plus years all hang out at the bodega next to us. He's the guy that I dropped my rent. That's awesome. And yeah. they're all like, we got you. If, we, if they'll have barbecues and they'll, they'll make Kim and I stop and have a drink with them. Like, it's great. Like we are part of the neighborhood and that gets, yeah. And I think it's interesting. So you mentioned Google reviews, like we're a little, you know, uh, I have had not a whole lot of faith in like Yelp, for example. Um, yes. Yelp for business owners, if you're not unaware, and this isn't just for facilities, like yeah, extremely aggressive with fairly expensive marketing plans to help you get business. And there's no guarantee in business, <laughs> but they want a guarantee for how long you'll do business with them, with Yelp. Yes. And, you know, I have something like 25 positive reviews that their algorithm will allow, like, at any point, six to 10 go through, and then the rest yeah. to their algorithm decline, decided that they are not recommended. And folks, they're all a thousand percent genuine yes. reviews. They're 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 not forced. Yelp likes to say that you can't ask for reviews, but there's actually no law or byline in there that says you can't ask your crew to give reviews. Um, yes. There's also the negative side of this that I'm just learning about that restaurants and stuff do, where they'll find like elite level Yelp people and they'll throw a special event for them just to get elite level Yelp reviews. Now, how do you do that in a fitness facility? You're going to do one workout that proves one training session or class that proves how awesome you are. That doesn't happen. Yeah. If you need a month or two months or three months of like, oh, wow, I actually had a great experience, feel change, lost weight, got stronger, moved better, whatever. Um, so there's that. Google's much nicer that way. They don't pressure you. They allow you to put your stuff there. I don't know how visible I get, but if people come by and they see this sign and then they look up Fury Industries there, there's enough reviews and positive stuff. Um, yeah. I didn't think how important that was at first. I yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, that was the one thing there was a, you know, again, not to, it's going to sound like you mentioned, it's going to sound a lot of this stuff is going to, you're going to hear a lot of like pitches and, or not pitches, but just talk about strength action. And I remember um, there was a Q and a where um, Mike's uh, wife, Jamie came on and she was talking about just, you know, um, online marketing for the most part, different, you know, whether it's SEO type stuff, how to create, you know, improve your Google search rankings, et cetera. And that was a while ago. Um, and I'm sure that they're all changed because I tried to implement all of that stuff um, probably poorly, but, and you know, it didn't, it didn't have the impact that I thought it would, or at least I thought it would happen like overnight. Um, but I will say that I have had a couple of people who have come in um, that were not, you know, referrals of mine, but literally just an organic internet search and chose my gym and are full-fledged members because they read those Google reviews. Yeah. Whereas I've got Yelp reviews that people have put up and like you said, they got flagged for whatever reason. I'm one of those idiots that fell for the Yelp sucker kind of thing. I did okay. it for that with them. Oh God, I did. I, you know, the kid got me on the phone. It's like, it's, you know, if you sign up for, for, for three months or whatever it is, we'll give you another three months. We guarantee you're going to have this amount of leads or whatever. And when they say we guarantee that you're going to have this amount of leads, it just means that you're going to, they're going to prioritize you when somebody searches for personal training on Yelp um, to the number one spot so that ideally you get clicked on first, even though it's an ad if they click on your little Yelp page, that's considered a lead for them. Whether they go to your website or not has nothing to do with it, but yeah. yet they limit your, they, they really did limit my ability to put things onto my personal like business Yelp page 
to then draw people in. So, you know, we have all these great, we, we, I splice together all these awesome, you know, videos that, that are 30 seconds, 45 seconds of like my members doing shit, kicking ass and showing like what our community is all about at the gym and how much fun it is to train there. And I can't put those up. You know, Why I can not? put a link. What are they telling you why you can't? Is, are, at a I'm not a, saying, aren't you allowed to post video? No. Uh, so that what you can do, I think eventually is you can put a link to the video through YouTube. Um, but then what ends up happening is that people use to go to your website. So like, or at least that's what the kid was telling you. So there's only one hyperlink that you can put on there. Um, at least at the time that I did this, right? So it was either, either I put my website on there or I put my, our YouTube page for the one video that I uploaded up there. And then in hopes that somebody scrolls through the description of the YouTube video, that I can go to the, like, it was just so like roundabout, you know? Um, it made, it made, I got no business from them. And I was out like 500 bucks, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was nuts. I'm fortunate. It was nuts. I didn't use them because I was smarter. I literally couldn't afford them. When we first start, took the small group training thing into the living room, I got a lot of, you know, they started noticing that I was, they notice when you get reviews or post pictures or stuff, like a lot. Yeah. Flags their your sales rep to be like, get out of them. And this woman was so pounding me. And I literally yeah. had this conversation and I said, look, if you're in my shoes, you're training out of your living room, you have little overhead, um, you don't make a lot and you have child support. And you're telling me that the, this money for Yelp it's going to guarantee, guarantee I'm going to pay this fee for the next year and it's going to make me enough to cover my child support and, and, and your fee. I can't do that. So would you do that? And they, she just couldn't fucking because of the sales rep being monitored. Yeah. Couldn't openly admit that. Like, no, you're right. <laughs> I can't do, yeah. do it. Yeah. Now that said, folks, if you're listening, I will say people check my Yelp and I think they do click through even if it's a social proofing thing. Like, I don't know if that's how they find me yet, yeah. but I don't think enough businesses post enough pictures and stuff on there that when you go to the yeah. business page, it's more than an address and like one professionally shot somebody doing a TRX row or a kettlebell swing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's not to say that people don't use Yelp, but people certainly use Yelp a lot less um, than they used to because Google is so, Google's cut into that market. I mean, now, now they're the, they're the people that, you know, if you're going and looking at reviews I mean, every website has, you know, you do a search for personal training or something like that, or, or a gym nearby and next to the hyperlink to take you to that website is, you know, what their Google review rating is and how many reviews they've got. And you can click yeah. on that. It's very, very easy. And the truth is like when people start their, their search for training, if it's not because they walked by or was referred to them in some capacity, you know, they're searching on the internet and they're searching on Google. They're not, they're not going to Yelp to then search for personal training. Now what may end up, or rarely they are, I should, I should say, like, you know, I don't want to work in absolutes, but, but rarely they are. Now that being said, they may, you may type in personal training, you know, in Brooklyn and it takes you to the first, like the first listing is a Yelp page review for yeah. Fury or something like for speakeasy strength. Okay, fine. But, um, but that's, like I said, that's also not the norm, I don't think. You know what I mean? So it's not to, like, I'm not trying to sh completely shit on Yelp. I'm just saying that, in my experience, it wasn't worth it at all. Whereas the Google reviews had been pretty helpful. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I think over time, yeah, you know, that will also help in, improve the Google ranking and all that kind of stuff. I, I just basically tried, and this, I, I think this isn't, again, it's not meant to be a Yelp bash. I think it's actually to help people like us, like how, do, how are we marketing, you know, yeah. outside of the day-to-day. And I think, you know, anything that I post on Yelp, I post on, on, on Google. And then we started talking about, you know, I know you found a method to market through a service. I know I started using things like local neighborhood websites, like nextdoor.com. Yeah patch.com and folks if you haven't checked them out most cities i think have their own pat like it's not even just cities it's not like nextdoor.com slash new york or just brooklyn it's a literally like gowanus park slope so you know one of the amazing things is like somebody found out that they did neighborhood favorites and there's not a whole lot of gyms directly near me but within the window that they actually circled but we are already yeah. 2019 neighborhood fave in the gym uh category yeah. We've been open like literally this is the end of our second month of being officially open. So we already have a sticker on our door that says nextdoor.com. So I think people don't think of those local things because that is like the most, like the people in your hood that want like the neighborhood news, they're not going to Google search it necessarily. They're going to go to nextdoor.com and like find out like what the fuck up was up with that, that, you know, person that was like clearly ODing on the corner. What were those police sirens? You know, yeah. best nanny or photographer in the neighborhood. Those are the sites that are more directly. They're not going to Yelp for those big ticket items. Yeah. Those local and sites I, will have ads with the local news so that you also yeah. pop up under a news story. Yeah. And I'd also, I'd also add, you know, if you're somebody who's looking to open your own space too. And this is just with regards to the um, kind of the online type of marketing, the internet marketing. Um, you know, while, I, I haven't had a lot of success mainly because I suck. I just suck at doing it and I should have somebody else do it for me with Facebook type ads. What I will say is I've had a lot of success with joining local Facebook community groups. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the town of Beverly's community group, the town of Peabody where I live, et cetera. And just monitoring those forums, being participating a little bit in those things. And then when I see somebody ask about a fitness question, or if it's one of the ones where it allows me every now and again to just, hey, promote an event that we're doing. Like, I'll never just put up blanket ads all over it. But if we're having an event, you know, that people can drop in that aren't members, I'm going to put that up there, especially if it's something where, again, it's a fundraiser for a local community, like, you know, service of some sort. We do that a lot. And, um, and it's a great way to get people in the gym and then asking about, oh, my God, that class was awesome. Like, how can I take another one or, you know. I really enjoy this. I need to get back into to, to working out or whatever. You know, it, it always opens the door and I get contact. I need to you get know? better at that. I haven't dialed in that part as much. Um, that's huge. That's that where that's been huge for me. And then the other one, and you kind of mentioned this too, um, for marketing was this um, organization called NIFT. Um, and I, I mean, I, I pimp them out because they've been doing so much great stuff for me. Like it's, it's been a, um, it's been awesome. It's basically a business to business type referral network where, um, but what we're doing is we're rewarding our local or like our loyal customers with essentially a gift card that they can then use at other local businesses that are participating within that network. Um, and for me, you know, when a person comes in to redeem their, you know, their NIFT gift card, we basically give them a two week trial, unlimited training sessions, unlimited everything. Like I want them to have a really good experience with that NIFT card. Um, you know, and it costs, it doesn't cost, it barely costs me anything. I think I pay like $10 every time somebody redeems it with me, but I only pay for the ones that redeem it. So people will get these gift cards. They'll select, Hey, the personal training thing, but if they don't come in for their initial consultation and that expires, 
I'm not out money, unlike Yelp, where it's like, yeah, they just clicked on your thing. That's another 40 cents from you, you know, like, or whatever. Tell, tell um, the folks the website for that, because I don't think every town has yeah. that yet. I don't think we have that yet, but a lot, that's one that I've A lot of them do, yeah. Yeah, a lot. So they're definitely getting a lot bigger. They started up here in, in Boston, um, but they're growing. I mean, Todd and Chris just signed up for it as well down in D.C. And so I, I bet that they're, if they're not in New York yet, they will be really soon. Um, it's called nift.com or um, I think the other website, there's a couple different things they have where they're going to redeem the gift card or whatever. The other one is called gonift.com. It's the same. It's the same thing. If you type in nift.com, nift.com or gonift.com, either one will take you to the, to the website so you can see. And then if you're a local business and are interested in it, um, there's a section where it says, you know, like for businesses, you can click on it, how to get in involved, how to get in touch with it. Um, and if you're not, you know, if they're not there, they'll, you know, you can reach out to them and they'll get, you know, they'll start to work on getting a network set up in your area of other local businesses. So you, you might give out, oh, you know, well, I think the bodega next door would really love that. And all you shop over there would probably dig being a part of this, you know, and all of a sudden now you've got three or four people that are all referring one another. Now, you know, you could, if you're really good friends with the businesses around, you could obviously set something up. So yeah. Sort of, you know, joint anyways without to suggest doing that. I just find that this is an easier way for me to get referrals from people, um, from businesses that I don't know, right? And also a great way that I can then reward my loyal customers with some sort of a gift that they can take advantage of, you know, because they, you know, they're awesome and I love them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so that's been, that's been huge. And and then, um, you know, and then the biggest thing for us, in all honesty, is still been referrals. You know, like I thought, I thought internet searches and things like that were all the thing, and it's it's been referrals for us more than anything else. But that kind of ties into the Google the Google thing because we did set up a system for referrals where, you know, when somebody leaves us a Google review, we reach out to them, um, to that person to say thank you, and they come in for their next session, and also ask them, you know, hey, I, I'm glad you're loving it here. Do you think you know anybody else who would enjoy it as much as we do? And if so, you know, I want you to give them a free month as a gift for you, not for me, but you're going to gift them that so they can work out with you, get a feel for what the gym is like. And if they want to join afterwards, awesome. And if not, no worries, but you gave them a great gift. You know what I mean? And, and people love that, you know? Um, That's pretty rad. And you, you actually just gave me an idea, an idea for myself here. I'm, I'm cool, gonna, man. I'm going to make a referral shirt. So yeah. every time somebody like on their own leaves a referral, I have a special shirt that you only get if you leave a referral. I love that. So, I love yeah. that. Um, nobody else. That's awesome. That. Everybody take that. Use that. That's that's awesome. Let me ask you this because this is sort of, this was I was going towards this and I forgot to to follow up on it. You mentioned like spending yeah. hours in the in the in the studio waiting. For yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Now I know I have had maybe four like walk-ins per se, and I don't know <laughs> if it's the street. I don't know if it's because uh, my place potentially might look a little confusing um, <laughs> initially. Like when you walk by the window, folks, it's like. You know, it's this Fury Industries, Brooklyn, New York, small group of personal training, online coaching. But you look in the window, there's a lot of kettlebells and then there's Godzilla toys and stuff. Yeah. You know, for some, that's going to be confusing. Like, why are these fucking toys here? But I'm also like, you know, when you talk about who do you want to train, these are like flying my freak flags. A, it makes me yeah. happy. It motivates me that like this is what we have. But it's also when someone comes in and there's like, oh, I saw your Godzilla figure and I, I needed to check it out. Or, you know, my fucking Princess Leia figure right behind me. Like, those are the things that people are going to adapt. Because that's where, like, no one's going to have, like, you're not going to go to another place like this. Yes. Um, 
where that that's a good thing too right out front yeah so i'm okay with that but somebody was like saying like how many hours are you spending in the gym and are you there all the time because you know when people walk by and blah 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 and i'm like well no i'm not and I, that might be yeah. a mistake, but it's also the saving grace of my mental health is that if there's nobody here i do more of my work day to day on this laptop here now as which i can still do at home because i live mm-hmm. so close but i do do it here so i'm here if someone goes by but there's also like if i have three hours i'm going to eat lunch i'm going to take a nap yeah counting my own training for myself um if there's a chance to hang out with kim or the kids uh especially since it's summer i'm going to go home i'm going to hang out with kim and the kids instead of waiting for you because like we don't have a ton of foot traffic and what i'm starting to find out and i bet you felt this too is you know how we talked about you build this it will come you can have your place open for like i'd imagine anywhere from one week to two years and someone will walk by it every day and not even notice it's existing that there's been a change in the storefront and we've been getting that yeah it's like wait what what how long have you been what i'm like i've seen you walk by here because <laughs> i'm right yeah. on the sidewalk level like you know 20 times and this is the one time you notice the spot and 100 percent. that's one of those things and and i think the other aspect and we started talking about this um like with like cooper and a lot of people on the other show is when you do live so local, the beauty of that is you could be anywhere. And if you could comfortably find a way to start a conversation and make a friend, that friend is a potential, potential crew member, but worst case scenario, you made a friend. So if I see somebody at a bar with like a cool tattoo or a cool shirt, I'm, my kids will laugh. My kids and, and Kim laugh at me. I'll be like, you know, that's a sick, I don't know, firefly shirt. Um, yeah. Whedon fan. Oh, you would definitely, you know, and as the conversation starts, like you would, de- you should definitely come and try a class here because we got you. Yeah. Uh, we actually have Buffy the Vampire Slayer figures over the water cooler, right? Like, so there's those elements when you're in the neighborhood that you can take advantage of that I don't know if enough of us are bold about because it always feels like we're just like, here's a postcard, here's a business card, as opposed to like actually making a personal connection first. And then look, do a ton of people come in from that? No, but if they stop by or they tell a friend, you know, that's fucking awesome. Um, but that also is becoming like who's yeah. avatar out on the street. You do have to be mindful that you don't start to uh, end up pre-gauging um, or uh, stereotyping people or eliminating the potential people that you yeah. know. But like, it's an easy way to just be like, you know, like there's local bars and you strike up a conversation or just walking the dog, somebody with a t-shirt on that you're just like, oh man, I know that band, that band's fucking rad. We play them on our playlist. Yeah. You know, like that type of stuff is real simple and yeah. it could get you, and at least it could get you to the go, for them to go to your Google page or something. Yeah, I don't, absolutely. I don't live at my desk here at the studio as much as sometimes I feel I should. And sometimes I still have that, you know, like we're doing good. Like I'm shocked, we're, we're, we're exceeding numbers already. Um, I haven't paid off startup startup costs or anything like that, and uh, I'm waiting to see how badly I get fingered for uh, taxes. Uh, but we're exceeding where I thought we'd be six months from now. We're already there. Um, yeah. But again, I had that glory of like I came in with 20 members, 23 members total, um, between online personal training, some of the people in the city, and and small group members, and personal training kicked in big time, which I did yeah. not expect, big time, and people, you know, small group training or semi-personal, semi-private training, you know, it's such a big model right now and it makes total sense as an owner if you have enough people. But at first it's really hard to fill those because you could have four people that could make you like combine $300, $400 an hour 
But if you only have one of them, that could be like $20 an hour. And I still have small group training classes that are like that. Um, but because I can go up to seven people and it's like a hybrid of a class structure, you know, if seven people are in here, it's great. Now, most classes are around two people to four people, but certain prime times now are like hitting four to six regularly. So that's yeah. a decent amount of money, but personal training, someone comes in twice a week. That's like the equivalent of three small group training members. So for yeah. me, that model, that's also being aware of my space, aware who my clientele is, aware of who, how I'm perceived outside of myself, because now we get a lot of physical therapy referrals here. They want to work specifically with me and they don't necessarily want to share with anybody yet. Um, but hopefully I can grow them into the small group program. And I always tell yeah. them, I don't want to have you feel like you need to train with me for your life. I want you to want to train with me for your life. But like, I also know I'm expensive and if money's an issue, let's tune you up to the point where you can go in a small group where it's more affordable and they get to meet the community and then yeah. the referral pool grows a little bit bigger. I just think those are sort of missed opportunities yeah. that people have. And Todd and I talked about this a little bit about, you know, how, what's your perception? Like, are you known, like if I was more of a team coach, like I don't have any like athletic background that way, then that would definitely be like my main push. Well, you know, I'm known more as a personal trainer, somebody that's like got like a high level of technique and a few certain skill sets. And people want that personal attention, like kind of like, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say I have a black belt in kettlebells, but you know, like it's a yeah. little bit of that. And, you know, people are willing to spend the money for it. And my rates are fair too. I think my rates are actually really fair, uh, especially since opening this. I didn't increase my rates. I increased rates going into the dance studio um, in small group, but not in personal training. And I did not do another increase when we opened doors, even though my expenses tripled. Um, just cause I didn't want to keep hitting people for more money. Um, yeah. You know, but like annually, I also know every year there'll be an increase and I'm just like, Hey guys, it's a new year. We're going to go up this much percent. And look, if somebody's going to jump ship because of a five or 10% increase, like, you know, yeah. uh, if they truly can't afford it, talk to me. I also keep yeah. this enough of a family vibe where like, there's a couple of people, you know, in situations that have had health things and whatnot, but I'm like, yeah. Don't fucking worry about the other stuff. Like I'm small enough and nimble enough that we can make that happen too. Yeah, and I for think sure. Farmer karma comes around, and that is another part of being in the neighborhood. Not just having your membership, but also like you know, uh, we're probably gonna get shirts or something made where it says like you know, stronger neighbors, stronger community, and uh, or stronger people, stronger neighborhood. I'm starting to use the word community last. Forgot who yeah. I on a podcast, but community sounds like a, a manufactured thing, whereas a neighborhood is where you live, and this is where I live. Um, it's funny because Todd and I actually talked about that specific term at one oh, really? point um, on on the Strength Faction podcast that I was on. Um, so there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on, man. If that's all right, that you yeah, kind of mentioned there. So one of the things you were you were talking about, you know, you don't want to prejudge your um, you know, potential people that you would, you would meet out there or limit, you know, who you could reach, you know, based on, you know, like you said, letting your free, your free flag fly, so to speak. But I think that that's the thing is, you know, your niche, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Really well. And I think that's the, that's part of it. It's like, you, you know, you, you're not going to be the perfect, nobody is. And I'm like, whoever's listening here, if you're thinking about opening a gym or if you're just a trainer in a commercial gym or whatever, like you are not as much as I believe every personal trainer and every coach should kind of think they're the best coach there is um you are not going to be the perfect coach for everybody nor should you be 
you should be the perfect coach for that person that you absolutely love to work with and that loves to work with you because they're going to be the people that are your raving fans that are going to promote this shit out of you and are going to pay what you're worth. You know what I mean? Always. And are never going to nickel and dime you over shit or anything like that because they love what you do for them. And it's more than what just you do for them fitness wise. It's the fact that for a lot of us, it's the fact that we give them a feeling of safety in an area, in a, in a realm where they typically feel intimidated and unwelcome. And that's even like, you know, I say that, but it, it's, and it sounds kind of silly to like, when you go, oh, well, what about like the gym bros and the bodybuilders and this or that? Well, yeah, but they need that too. It sounds crazy. Like if you're a powerlifter and you're a powerlifting coach, you know, target those specific people because they're going to feel uncomfortable, even though they're like, you think of them as not being uncomfortable. They're going to feel uncomfortable in any other place except for that dingy, you know, industrial space with horse stall mats and chalk all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't agree um, with you enough. You, you can't try so to do that. that. You can't try to get everybody. You really have to think about no. who, a, again, this goes to the quality of life thing too, in terms of like opening a facility closer to home. Who do you want to work with? Yeah. Exactly. Who's gonna, so what's going to make your life better? What, what type of people are you working with that's going to make your life better? I also think that the other thing that you kind of talked about, and I think is really important, like you, um, no matter who they are, always like giving them the most incredible experience. And I think that's like, I've, we've had a lot of people, and this might be the walk-in, you know, I can't remember where this triggered in that conversation, but um, we've gotten, we, we're in the middle of a shopping plaza next to like a Dunkin' Donuts and a couple other places that are not like businesses that we wouldn't be associated with necessarily, but not typical things, right? Like we're sort of a higher end price point and this is like, okay, a fast food spot, a convenience store, et cetera. And a lot of people walking back and forth and anybody that walks in, you know, there, there've been people that have come in and I know for sure like that they're not they're probably not going to do it, but I'm going to give them that free week anyways, because I want them, one, I want them to have a safe place to learn how to train either way, whether they sign up with me or not, or they just go to their workout world or, or Planet Fitness or wherever, or never do it again. Because eventually that word of mouth is going to get around in the community and it's going to circle back to me. It's just like you mentioned, karma. It's, it's good karma um, to help any and everybody that you possibly can, even if they're not your, your typical avatar, I think. Um, or at least not on first sight. Because then there have been people, there have been a lot of people where I've done consultations, like I can't tell you, one of my absolute favorite human beings and um, best clients I ever worked with, I met her years and years and years ago. And I remember doing a consultation with her. And in the consultation, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, like this woman's nuts. I can't stand her. Like this is going to suck. And within the first training session the two of us were like head over heels in love as like client coach for you know relationship it was match made in heaven but i thought i thought initially i was like oh my god this is gonna be like pulling teeth with this person um so you can never like i said you've got to give those relationships time to to mature too you know that's what i mean about like the on the street stuff it becomes easy to be like that's where i'm a little bit more like i have to be mindful because if i just pick people with metal shirts and star wars shirts like yeah, a lot of people that are actually not even if they're not like the perfect fit that are going to be nerdy that just aren't wearing this. Yeah, shirt. but it's yeah. funny, you know. I think you and I both use the 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 pre week trial offer and then the twenty one day follow up. Do you do that? Yeah. So what the the way? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Taking advantage of that and being very verbal with people, folks, uh, about it is, hey, so I don't want you to make a financial investment if you don't like us. So come in and take a week, take two sessions in that week, come and check it out, and if we're fit for you, that's awesome. But I'm also going to, you know, I also will be very open that like, that's also like, we want to make sure you're fit for the rest of the crew too. Like, you know, I, we don't want, you know, we don't want to disrupt our family here. 
Um, but if you don't feel like you're a fit, you know, I'm, I don't say this like right out the gate, folks, but like this is a conversation. Yeah. As we start talking to the 20, you know, the, the three week thing is um, I'll find somebody like we know all the great gyms and I'm not, if someone has a different personality or training method, it doesn't mean they're a bad, bad gym. They're just not your industries. And so I think people aren't used to hearing about like, not only going to protect you in the, in the session, but like, I'm actually going to protect this whole place so that we have like this high level of like, everyone's different personalities coming from different backgrounds, but everyone knows like, there's not any dicks on the dance floor here. Like everyone's yeah. like real cool and we're quirky yeah. and there's, you know, there's every now and then you're like, Whoa, what was that? But you can sense it. And you can sense when you start to sense when someone comes in after a few sessions, like, ah, I don't know if that's going to be a fit. The interesting thing I'll say this as an owner, and this was a little humbling. I don't know, humbling or an awareness moment is you start getting like the fitness, uh, uh, OCD type people, uh, not OCD, um, ADD type people where like, you know, Oh, I came in, I tried it. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, uh but I really need a place that I can just pop into a class that's having classes like every hour on the hour. Um, yeah. you're like, Oh, I totally get it. We're not that I can't afford to be that we get a lot of pressure for having weekend classes, uh, which we don't have yet. And I just won't teach those. So I, you yeah. know, but I tell people, I'm like, look, that's the time I carve out for my family. And you know, we were really busy Monday through Thursday, Friday has a very busy morning day. And then the rest of this is all for my family and they get that, you know, and they respect that. Yeah. And if they can't fit that into the schedule, then we're not the fit yet. And some people check back in like, Hey, Saturday class is coming yet. I think we're always we're going to be one of those spots that's always closed Sundays unless we're doing a workshop so that yeah every member on the team um, you know at least has one weekend day off with the rest of the world and but I think that is also that ability of like not just trying to get new business in but maintaining the right people because if you want to yes. talk about neighborhood or community um, you know your environment is so powerful but if you're a small facility like yours or mine. Uh, you know, like one person with a sour attitude is going to have a real negative. I don't mean like a bad day type thing. Like that shit happens. Yeah, no, no, of course. Like that negative kind of mentality. is going to have a real impact on everybody. Um, yes. So there's also like that three-week trial sort of like gauges like that a little bit. Unfortunately, we haven't yeah. had anybody that I've been had to have like a weird conversation or, you know, I, I wouldn't tell anybody they can't train here. You could tell that they probably sign up or not sign up and maybe stay a month or two and then go. Um, yeah. And I'm fine with that. I want everybody to sort of take the shot. And then there's a couple of people you're like, you know, you really need us, not just me as a trainer, but you need a, this environment because yeah. you can tell like right now in your world, you don't have this moment where you can actually like relax and focus on the task you, at hand. Yeah. Somebody else isn't dictating on you. I mean, we're programming, but if you're investing this time in yourself, yeah, 100% for somebody else. So I think that's like a big thing. 100%. Um, we're going to need to wrap this up in a moment, but I want to circle back. So what was the moment that you were able to start to feel that ease, uh, that fear ease off? Ease off is what I, that's the key there. Cause it's not like, I certainly wouldn't say go away. Right. Cause there's always moments of panic. You know, I mean, I, we're new. If somebody needs to go on vacation and put their membership on hold for a month or something like that, you know, I'm like, shit, I want them to. I want you to go on vacation, but I also know that shit, that's like a month that, you know, I got to defer that, that EFT, you know, like, yeah, exactly. So, I've like, had, I've lost thousands it is of dollars what it is. this summer. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's just, it, it's fine. Um, but so, like I said, I think that fear, that panic, you know, never quite completely goes away. 
at least not in the first year. Like, you know, once you get to the point where you're like a well-oiled, you know, machine, then maybe, maybe it's not that that worries you. It's other things like, am I getting enough leads in or do we, have we been hitting our numbers for how many consultations a week we want? But I will say that somewhere around, yeah, actually, you know what? I can tell you exactly when it was. It was the beginning of April. Um, I had started working with somebody for a quick program, like a, um, a six week program. Um, I'll give him a shout out, uh, Vince Gabriel, who's phenomenal, a business coach and, and gym owner that, himself. That Chris That's who Chris and Todd and everybody. I've met him and yeah. better. Super nice guy. Yeah. He did. He did a couple presentations. He's a super nice guy. He's incredibly savvy with this stuff. And, um, and is not a bullshit con artist, unlike 90% of the fitness business, you know, coaches out there. But um, so I took advantage of a program that he had, and I, I got a lot of great ideas, not only from him, but it also stimulated a lot of great ideas for me. We had just started to get a couple new people coming in through like, you know, March and April, um, sorry, through February and March with NIFT and stuff. And we ran this, um, I decided to run a six week um, challenge for my members. And it wasn't a, uh, like, it wasn't anything, you know, fat loss related or this or that. What it was is a consistency challenge. Uh, you know, we, we basically called it. So um, from Patriots Day to Labor Day, and Patriots Day in Boston is a huge deal because that's the Boston Marathon, you know, all these kinds of things. It was like a fun kind of start to it, good kickoff timing. Um, I basically extended everybody for six weeks, regardless of what type of membership they were on. Um, the unlimited membership so they could come as much as they want. If you were paying for an unlimited membership, I actually decreased your price, basic membership. And if you had a basic membership, you maintain that price, but you had unlimited training sessions and classes. Every time you came in, you would get, you know, you'd get a tally mark. That's one point. If you checked in on Facebook or posted something on Instagram and tagged us because I was terrible at social media. So I figured, all right, my clients are probably better at it than I am. Yeah. Let's get them to do it. They, they would get a half a point for each one. So you had potential for at least two points a day every time you come to work out. Then there was a couple extra bonus points that people get earned, which was one, if they referred somebody who came in for an initial consultation, they'd get three points added to their, their total, right? For every single person that came in for an initial consult. If that person came in for an initial consult and signed up for a membership, they would get an additional three points. So now it's a total of six points per person if they've signed up, et cetera. And so we had a couple of people that really got competitive about this because at the end of it, the prize was, um, you know, an extension of that three months unlimited for the same basic membership price for first place, two months for second place, uh, one month for third place. And then the thing that people wanted the most rather than the unlimited training sessions were the two, you know, custom lift positive, you know, jerseys that I was making. Like, so you have your name, your last name and your favorite number, the coffee mug um, and the VIP passes that we were giving to them. So they could then go ahead and give to another person who wanted it. They could get a free month as well, you know, and again, first place got three, second place got two, first place, a third place got one kind of thing people got super competitive about that and they started bringing in other friends. They started coming really frequently. All of a sudden the gym just felt busier. And while, you know, and that, that helped to kind of create more leads and anybody that came in on anything else, I told them what was going on. I told them, Hey, like if you sign up all the sessions that you've done previous to sign up that counted as well. But there was a lot of little things like that, that all of a sudden created a little bit more of a feeling of stability and also gave the gym a little bit more, or gave me maybe a feeling of excitement because I was like, all right, we just turned a corner now. 
You know, like this has gone from, I've got a couple people here that really love it to like, oh man, like they're now they're actively trying to help get people in here because there's a little bit of this fun incentive for them. And they're kicking ass. Like at the end of six weeks, like, cause they're, you know, these people are coming four or five times a week now, you know, as opposed to twice a week, which is what they were doing before. They, and they were on top of that, they were super motivated to eat better and to do all these other kind of nutritional habits. Cause they knew like, all right, I'm coming unlimited now. Like, let's make it work. You know, I'm yeah. getting free personal training for the whole six weeks or not free. I'm sorry. Getting as many personal training sessions or coaching sessions as I want for that whole six weeks. And the, the physical changes that they had were, like awesome in six weeks you know like you know their strength levels were great you know it went up you started to see a lot of you know bodily change for people that were building muscle and losing weight and things like that you know six weeks in the grand scheme of things isn't enough to see like this like overnight holy shit transformation but you can certainly notice if you close oh, your head feel it. That, that's, that's hell yeah and their cool. energy levels are gone through and that usually i say in the first like you know, two or three weeks of any kind of training, you're going to start to feel that, that those energy levels increase and just be like, I'm feeling way better right now. But by six weeks, you're starting to notice that physical change too. And I think that that was a big, um, like I said, that was a big piece too. And so then their friends are asking them, well, what are you doing? I keep seeing you checking on Facebook at this place. Oh, you got to come up, just come to a free class with me or whatever. Like I'll bring you in, I'll put you in touch. And and, and like I said, it, that helped a lot for us. And then we kind of came up with all these other referral lead systems and stuff. Well, let me um, but that you. was the first moment that I could finally feel like I could take a break. And maybe it was because we were just so much busier, it, you know? You think that was more financial based or do you think it's finally that you actually felt the love of your membership in return? Number two. Yeah. Number two, for sure. I mean, number I think one that's was- that's a lost thing. I don't, I don't think people appreciate that. When you're building the number business, two for sure about bringing people in and you think about numbers but because while yes, while that's six weeks makes you money and it's a good it's a good indicator if you're losing clients clearly you're doing something wrong but but like to know that they're not just there and enjoying the fitness experience but like they're actually going to back you up that is fucking amazing it's a, it's a yeah it's a, and i should i should clarify i think when i say like we turned a corner i think that was it like we yeah. we went from having people who really liked us to having like stark mad raving fans were like you gotta go to you have to come to live positive fitness you have to like you know I, they tell every friend oh what are you what are you doing for working out you have to come check out my gym you'll be a great fit you'll love it there etc and um but in that like i said in that six weeks you know financially we you know we obviously we got some new members out of it which was great but it wasn't this like big financial crazy cash windfall you know boom it was that like that corner, like I said, that we turned was that we went from having people who liked our facility to absolutely loved our facility, like lunatic level. I love this place, you know, kind the of tribe, thing. the tribe arrived. They, they totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that coincided with also while a time where, you know, we knew who were, I knew who my client avatar was, but I think we started to really dial in on it a little bit more and then market even more specifically to those people. Um, which was a big thing, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, when you're a yeah. local business too, I think, yeah, you're going to have your avatar that you market to, but like, it's also a little easier when it's like, you're marketing to your neighbors. Yes. You know, like, well, you know, they, that should be a factor. People, most of my new members now are within a four block radius. That's it. 100%. And that should be a factor in who your avatar is. Like, are they nearby? You know what I mean? Within five yeah. miles or whatever it is of you, you know, because realistically now, if you live in the Northeast in general, um, you know, that's, that's your radius is like two to five miles. No matter, I don't care where you are. Maybe, maybe in like, you know, 
podunk Maine or something like that. But um, because there's a gym, you know, and especially if you're in like the city area or just outside the city, there's a gym every, you know, three blocks of some capacity. You know what I mean? So, you know, the idea of like when you, you know, you, if you're running an ad and you set the parameters like within a 25 mile radius, yeah, I mean, you might get somebody who'll drive 25 miles to you, but they're probably not going to do that. You're probably like five miles is pushing, you know what I mean? At that point, like you want those people that live right nearby you or that work right nearby you, one of the two. And that's, that's your, that's your niche. And you have to be the best you and not worry about all the others. Cause I know when we opened up here, so uh, I had already been doing small group. I mean, I've been doing personal training out of the apartment down the street for four and a half years now, but we just, we started doing small group about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And, you know, there's been a CrossFit that's been under construction in this big new facility that's also attached to a brewery. Now, that sign went up November 2017. So we were already doing our thing there. And I didn't view it as competition. I'm like, we're in the living room. I didn't think we'd have a physical space. And then when I went to the dance studio, like, clearly, I feel actually bad for him. Two years later, the place is, like, there's still no wall and no floor. Like, they're still digging. Yeah. Um, and they've renamed their, their their brand a little bit. And I don't know if it's because they're going to ditch CrossFit or they just want to pay another two years of affiliate memberships uh, until they're ready to open. But as we were opening, some people would be like, oh, what are you doing? And I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this. Oh, but the CrossFit. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Because we're not the CrossFit. Not, I'm not going to gonna try to. I'm not going to bash yeah. it. I, I, there's plenty of people here for all of us to succeed. Um, 100%. Now, would I want another kettlebell facility to go right next door? No, but yeah is there are they going to have a teacher that's traveled and taught around the world no so like yeah. you know that that's me are they going to have godzilla toys now if they do have godzilla toys we're going to have an issue but if they're <laughs> super nerdy like me like they should be like really yeah. why are they coming well, that, like, an existing that brings me to another point i, I was going to make too and i don't think that it's like i think that it's important as you do that also to know like what your quirks and your niche are like you are your thing is very unique right you love the godzilla toys and, and the comic kind of like feel and that's sort of and you know the metal and the nerds that like you've talked about that's who your your people are and i do think it's important to have something really specific that you that a lot of your members identify with that doesn't have to be something that feels gimmicky um at all but i do think it's important like you mentioned that's that's your thing ours is sort of a two front like we are you know, the gym itself, um, we're super high, like, you know, community service oriented. We, we try to go out and do things. But the other thing that's drawn a lot of people in is we are a, a dog friendly gym. Um, people who come to our gym, love dogs, bring their dogs. I mean, at, at any point, like uh -huh. there are dogs running around and people, and that's also partly why people walk in and kind of, they just want to pet the dogs. I, I wish we could you know? that. I think that that's a fun thing. And, yeah, we, we market that, you know, outside on, on our sign, you know, like come to the, the only dog friendly gym in the neighborhood, you know what I mean? Bring your dog, you know, and, and it becomes a fun environment that again, and I'm not, you know, that's not to say that you, you know, whoever's listening, you got to have something specifically like that, but you should know like all these little kind of personal ideas of like who that person is, not just like what they need from fitness, but like the little, little things of who they are, the quirks that make them special. Cause that's inevitably who you're looking to, to, to work it's, it's that's not a sales gimmick it's a unique part of your character it's kind of like that's what i mean yeah you know, i don't want to spend a lot of time on it because we talked about this a ton on the in the previous episodes but like you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When, with the growth of the unicorn from mark fisher fitness how many people that i've seen adapt mff unicorn uh type 
iconogra iconography and, and iconography. Yeah. I don't know why I said that so weird the first time. But like, <laughs> not necessarily unique to them, and it might get some people, but it's also like the rest of the world that knows the people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's not yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to have to wrap this up because I have a beach thing going. I just did want to say um, before, like, how I had sort of approached this fear is it's like it got so bad, even, you know, after, you know, I actually I did go see a doctor and I did get some medication. Mm -hmm. And what was cool is I got through two weeks of the medication and it helped, but mostly it was to make, let me sleep. Um, but then as the fear went away on that, beyond the, the panic went away, like there's always like anxiety, like we have shit to do. Um, the prescription ran out, I refilled it and I never picked up the, re the refill. So it was like just enough, but I, I do want to say out there, like reach out to people, how I reached out to yes. them, but also if it is fucking gnarly, um you know reach out to help outside Go see somebody professional it's it's nothing to be ashamed of it's totally legit not at all. uh and and you're not crazy you're in a crazy situation because you are potentially like it's one thing to think about having a dream and it's another to like cross the line into the dream world because when you do you have this overwhelming fear of failure but you also have an overwhelming fear of success um that most people aren't emotionally prepared for so i do want to just stress that out uh yeah also you know, don't just jump into an empty swimming pool, make sure there's water into it. And that's not just whether or not you have members, but do you have a plan? Um, and I don't mean even like, I didn't have like a fully detailed business plan. Like I, I, my business plan was basically, we were in the living room and we went here and now how do I expand and modify to be in this studio? But I didn't know about numbers and shit. A lot, you know, part of the fear subsiding was also allowing myself the time to, I'm not going to be good at math and numbers yet. I'm going to need to take some time and learn that. I'm, I'm going to have to learn how to use this sand planner, which they've been great so far, but like, yeah. I'm still like having things, but I'm not going to know it all by the time we open. The most important thing is, is like open and deliver the best experience I can in the moment. And then the other shit will get sharper as I go. And I think we want everything to be perfect, like a wedding or something like everything must be perfect. It's just not going to be folks. So allow yourself that. Um, it's never going to be. Yeah. And great things will happen. I, I, I think from, from Rob's perspective, and from my perspective, uh, we're living dreams right now. And, and look, do I know there's going to be disasters? Yeah, I mean, literally in one week, we had a return of a leak that was once potentially devastating here. When we first got the spot, it came back. Um, our front door got stuck, like the lock got locked where I couldn't get the key out. And uh, it turned out it was like nothing. But when you do start to overcome these fears and challenges, you start to build a callus, just like with your hands when you're new to kettlebells or barbell training, where like, all right, that would have been a really big deal two months ago. And now it's like, it's a fucking thing we're going to sort out within the next 12 hours. Um, so there's also that, like allow ourselves to grow the same way we allow ourselves to train and get stronger. I think that's a missed thing sometimes because we have so many friends that do masterminds or, you know, are just great leaders or mentors. And, you know, everyone posts how many fucking books they read up on social media. And you're like, I'm a dummy. Um, you're not and you have time to figure out what you're good at, what you're bad at, um, and, and improve upon all of that. So anyway, that was what I really wanted to talk to Rob about. And I think we went above and beyond. I'm really excited, but I do have to say from the bottom of my heart, Rob, uh, thank you for really uh, being there at a moment that I, I, I know I tried to convey it emotionally to you in the follow-ups and Rob kept checking in on me um more so than i kept checking back because the fucking thing everything, everything was so crazy here um one day we'll talk about like the timeline listeners about like how quickly this place came into existence it was fucking 
<laughs> recklessly. <laughs> I was joking about it as like, I'm John fucking Wick, pure determination and will. Commitment and will is what got this place open. Uh, and then I realized I fucking might have dug part of my own grave by saying, nah, man. but now we're here. So uh, thank you, everybody. And, and Rob, really, man, thank you, brother. And I wish nothing. Of course, man. And uh, any, where can people find you uh, on the interwebs or get in touch with you? They can find me on the interwebs at liftpositivefitness.com. They can email me, rob at liftpositivefitness.com. They can find us on Facebook at liftpositivefitness.com, Twitter, you know, Instagram, all the same thing, liftpositivefitness.com. Google that shit. Yes, absolutely. Just don't use Yelp. No. <laughs> <laughs> go Google first, then Yelp. Yes, exactly. There you go. Uh, Steve, I'm gonna, dude. Oh, yeah, I'm going to cut you off sure. one moment. The other yeah. nice thing about having Godzilla shit is the cutest thing is the kids, the neighborhood kids come by, and I'm like literally subversively introducing them to Godzilla for the first time. I just want to throw that out. That's amazing. It's no, no, that's happened. incredible. It just happened as you're walking by. Like there's a couple of like, po there's a poster in the window that is literally only there, <laughs> only there to block my dog from barking at other dogs because it's like dog level. And yeah, it's, it also turns out to be kid level. Sorry, you were saying. No, no, that's all. I was just gonna say, dude, I love you, man. I, you know, you're you're doing awesome things, and I'm excited to see your success as we both kind of go through this same business owner journey, uh, you know, together, man. Honestly, it's, it's pretty crazy to say you own a studio, isn't it? It's fucking nuts to say I'm a bit <laughs> like to think I, I'm just gonna say, hey, like I I'm a business owner. People ask me, oh, what do you do for work? <laughs> I own a gym. It's so what? crazy. Like what? It's I went to perform you know, better this year and I went to perform better to help out with Josh Henkin and, and yeah. people are like, how's the studio or what do you do? And, oh, I own a studio. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's, still, it's, like, I, I'm still a store where I'm like, yeah, every now and again, I, I like, I think it's important. I like, it's important. I identify as both a strength coach and a gym owner, but there's so many times now that I, for, I like when somebody asks what I do, I don't say that. I just say, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm a strength coach. And they're like, wait a minute. I own a gym. Though. Like, it's not just that. I am, I am the, I am the owner of this space. Like, this is my domain, you know? And that's, uh, yeah, like I said, I need to start to take that and internalize it a little bit more too. Cause it's pretty fucking cool that I got to that point where like we could do that. You know? Uh, hey, um, All right, man. I love you. That's my wife outside being like, where the fuck are you? And the door is locked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I love you, bro. All right, man. Take care, bro. Later, man. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by The FTW. Visit the FTW.nyc for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or follow him on Instagram at Glenn Gurrieta. Voiceover by Laura Palmer.